Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margo Moss. We're here at Ted's Frost Hop on Claiborne and Calhoun in uptown New Orleans. Once a week, Margo and I meet here at Ted's and we invite a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to join us. And we invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. We never know who the friend's going to be. We'll find out in just a moment, but we do know who our special guest is going to be. I'm real excited, Margo, that we're going to have Chris Barbado of Revista Bakery on for magazine. So that's going to be that's going to be pretty exciting. Can't wait to hear what he has to share with us. But while we wait for that, wondering uh, any food things to share for this week, any exciting events in your life? I have two brief things to mention. Cool. I went. Uh, I'm feeling very hip this week. I went to, well, not really. I mean, come on, honestly, no. I'm like a. Thank you. Yeah. I'm that. I appreciate that. But I uh, went to two spots that made me feel super cool. One was uh, Booties. Booties, yeah, yeah, right, exactly, yeah, yeah. I ate there, and uh, yeah, it was really, but it wasn't too cool for school. I thought, you know, it was, it was a really beautiful atmosphere. Once in a while, the Bywater gets criticized for that, for being too cool for school, you know, but not that place. No, well, I thought it, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the other place is uh, a new restaurant bar slash bar called Cane and Table on Decatur. On Decatur. Yes. Oh, it's great. Where in Decatur? Uh, near. Like uh, near Esplanade 1131, or near? Uh, 1113, I think, the 1100 you know, block. I say this all the time. My, f- my favorite part of the whole quarter is the 900 block to the 1200 block of Decatur. Not for food, for other things. Yeah. For, I just like to hang out there for a number of different reasons. Wicked's there, and Roadkill, and Envy, and all, all these places, the antique store there. I mean, there's so many places I love to hang out right there. You know, the real cheap one, you know? Yeah. But uh, that's great to know. This yeah, is the rest. you have so to you add that to your, I enjoyed it. We ate. The food was great. I had... Um, Pork belly, uh, uh, braised pork belly and peaches and beans, and it was delicious. Awesome. Um, and the drinks were fantastic. It was, you know, very uh, hip. And but I have one complaint. Uh-oh. The music was too loud. Too loud. I'm not. I'm. I'm square because Can I really couldn't. Yeah, but it's a bar. I mean, it's uh, a bar and a restaurant. It was, it was live music. It was piped no, in. No, it was, it was piped in. Yeah, but they uh, they turned it down and it was great, uh, and uh, I loved it. But I want to hear about uh, your your. Uh, oh, I got so many little things. Okay, let me see what I got. Okay, so t- I ate at um, uh, Michi. You know about that place? No. Kind of gourmet sort of pizza place, kind of Ancora slash like Dominica ish. You know, on magazine. Okay. And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Kathy and I and Rachel ate there, and we loved it, my daughter, and that was great. And then also, uh, you know, my film, The Thing, The Man Who Ate New Orleans, they're, they're having their, uh, they're finally releasing the thing, they have distribution, they're finally supposed to be releasing it, you can buy it, and rent it, and stream it, and all that stuff this week, later on this week. Yeah, and then having a premiere in Atlanta, with Red Carpet, and all that, I can't make it to it. And then the other thing was, I want your opinion on something. Um, okay. Uh-oh. What, people, people get couscous, right? And that's like a nice staple that people use, you know, for... You know, we had dinner tonight, and people often get couscous with like as an extra with, you know, with chicken or whatever it is, you know. And I, I look at it, and I thought, why not? Why doesn't everybody just always get quinoa, right? Like a quinoa salad, right? Because, you know, where I'm going with this because no, cous- quinoa no to idea. me is like couscous, but it's natural. It's not like a processed thing, and it's got all kind. Of, it's a superfood, they say, like kale. You know, it's good for you. 
and it's delicious, I think, and I don't see the downside. Is to couscous it. processed? Yeah, I think it's we're like going to need to couscous ask our like, family about our no, guest about this. It's pasta. Yeah, it's just a, it's a little uh, beady like pasta, right? And uh, quinoa to me is similar, but it's so much better in every way. It tastes better. It's more nutritious. It's like maybe we'll ask our special guest when he comes. This could be a good thing to ask him when we because okay. he's a he's a real chef. But so you're, you don't have an answer. You stay neutral. I, I yeah, I have no. Uh, my Knowledge. wife and I had a knockdown drag out fight about this today. It's like really I, I, I don't, take her side. I don't know if I can come home after this. I take this. her side. Uh, last I saw we were I don't know about what couscous. you're I don't know what she was no, I'm just kidding. she we was didn't taking. Really have that big, big of a fight. We, just, <laughs> I just, I, we disagree. My wife and I disagree about very little. I mean it's amazing that I found somebody that agrees with me on all the stuff and I agree with her because <laughs> I'm so opinionated but food is one area where we always tend to like have just a little different taste on stuff and I can never like see her side of things. It's hard for me to empathize. As long as we've been dating since she was seven, I was 17 when we started dating. And uh, anyway, well, okay, let's, enough of that silliness. Let's get our special guest here. And I see him now, Chris Barbado. So great having you. Great, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank Chris, you, tell Chris. us where you currently are and what you do and all that. <laughs> so my wife and I opened up a bakery on Magazine Street about four months ago called Revista. Um, it's more of a patisserie type bakery. So it's four laminated doughs, uh, danishes, croissants, hand rolled puff pastry. A lot of savory, more savory probably than sweet on a general day. We don't do a lot of bread baking. Um, we do lunches daily and then brunches Saturday, Sunday. So it's, you know, it's moving in the right direction. So we're good. All right. You know? so, you, so you branch out beyond just baking, too. You have other kind of... Yeah, we have other, other stuff that goes along with it. Um, the, the biggest thing for us is just, I think, making things accessible and I think trying to mold it into the community and probably more what people are looking for instead of a, I don't know, kind of a fine dining stuffy type restaurant you can get that type of food but come in and sit down in a more casual atmosphere and you've done the fine dining i remember the first yeah. time i met you was i did the chef's table for my anniversary yeah. at commander's and you were the chef that night so yeah, you were i guess you ago. were like sous chef or something sous that, chef uh, or chef de cuisine i yeah, can't remember right this okay time. it was a while ago at commander's yeah that would yeah. have been that would have been 2011 april yeah. 2011 that's right yeah. I worked. Um, I worked there off and on for 15 years. 15 then, years. Man, early 90s through, I guess, probably late 90s, and worked at Bees for a little while. Okay, wow. And Dickie Mr. Brennan's same, Bees. same Bees, family, yeah. right? Yeah. Dickie Brennan Steakhouse, and then ended up back uptown. I guess May of '04, Commanders, and worked there till mm -hmm. I guess about a year and a half ago. Then I took over Chef at Adelaide. Ah. Oh, you were, oh, you were the head chef at Adelaide. Just a chef at Adelaide oh, for a while. Oh, okay, okay. And the old chef left and went over to Revolution. Chris Lusk, so okay, okay. I knew the one before that. that. The guy, Danny. Yeah, yeah, Danny. Yeah, yeah, Danny was a good Danny guy. Trace. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Great guy. So what? Um, what? How did you come to opening up Revista? From you have all this experience, and you've been right. working in in those environments, and kind of been what, a kind of been a, a dream of ours for a while. You know, we um we actually looked at the same space after Katrina. Huh. And the same kind of project? The, the same space, same project. We actually oh. looked at one side, then the other side. The, our landlord at the time had both available, and it just didn't work out. We ended up holding the space for a year, and we got out of the lease, and everything was good. So, lo and behold, I guess about seven years later. So, you actually signed a lease and everything oh, yeah. to hold it, and you just didn't use it. We just we, we couldn't we couldn't get the project. So, what did it become? Forward. I was trying to remember. I walked past there a hundred times a day, but I can't remember what it was. I think the other side, the other side, I guess, is now um, the Magazine Street Barbershop. And then the side we're in, 4226, was a few different things over the years. The last one was um, Uptown Smokes. Uptown Smokes, that's, that's right. Is, you know, I was trying so to what, think. what, tell us where it's between. I, I'm it's, it's in between General Pershing and Milan on the Riverside. Okay. Just past Napoleon, like a little downtown of Napoleon. Yeah, heading, yeah. heading downtown from Napoleon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had an opportunity, I guess, 
shoot about a year ago to um, pick up the space again. My wife had been in contact with the landlady and we ended up picking it up and it, it was something we always wanted to do, you know. The, the biggest hindrance after Katrina was actually getting somebody to work on it, having contractors come in and right. no, nobody was very interested in small projects. So it was huh. just kind of a kind of a dead space for us, to be honest with you, at the time. We just couldn't get the work done, so we moved on. Well, it wasn't so the right time then. Oh. Yeah, too. apparently I not. Mean, and I, in all honesty, the timing was much better this time around than last time. You know, so, I mean, that's really leaving your comfort zone. It's kind of bold because, I mean, you, yeah. you were doing fine dining, and that's mm. what most of what your work was in at Adelaide, I guess, and also in yeah. Commanders. And then, you know, you weren't doing a lot of the same stuff you're doing now in your own place. That was kind yeah, of... I guess, I guess, well, I guess the, biggest, the biggest catalyst moving forward was, you know, when you work for somebody else, and it was great working for the Brennan family for you know, 20 years. I've been working for anybody else here. It was just kind of work for yourself. You know, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. You know, my wife had been doing the farmer's market since Katrina, and she has a very, very good following. It was kind of something we wanted to do, a smaller cafe, you know, patisserie type thing. And that's, that's kind of the direction we moved in. You know, it's, I'll be honest with you, it's still kind of a working project. We have a clear vision of what we want to do, but it's kind of getting people accustomed to it. You know, we're not really a coffee shop and we're not really a, a restaurant. We're not really a cafe, but we kind of have a, a good mix of everything. Everything is very, you know, real quality, but it's just it's well, moving in the right direction, you know. Can you nice elaborate on, um, you, you used a word that I um, wasn't familiar with when you were describing um, the pastries. I think you said, when you first started describing. Laminated. Laminated. Yeah. What, 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 can you elaborate That's on that? <coughs> so when you make bread, French bread or something of that nature, you use yeast. And yeast is kind of the leavener. So with, um, besides the Danish dough, what you do is you, you create layers between, you, quite, you create layers with the flour and the butter, and what happens when it bakes, it causes the, the pastry to rise. Okay. So it's called laminating, or when you think of like laminated wood, or it think of the layers. Yeah. Okay, it's like really a the veneer, best like exactly. gluing veneers together. It's exactly wood. what it is, okay. and then when you bake it, the steam releases from the butter, and it causes the flour layers to separate. And does and it, it make it flaky? Oh like yeah, very, very flaky, airy, just and you get a nice crunch on the outside. It's it's really quite a quite an interesting process. I've learned a lot from my wife about it over the years, and it's it's amazing. And it's you know we use all of all European style butter. We use you know beautiful flour. There's no oils added to the dough, and it's just really a nice product. It's superior to tell you. Wow. You know, and it took not that I needed any convincing from years of eating it, but it's <laughs> it's very labor intensive. It takes a lot of time to, to do it that way. You know, you bring everything, the sack of flour and a couple pounds of butter, and you know then day and a half later you have a croissant or a, or a danish that was going to be my question a, about a day beautiful and a puff half pastry yeah i mean you, a process, you'll, you'll make you can make your base dough and usually have to let it rest overnight or you know 12 hours at least then you'll laminate it with the butter then it has to sit again then you'll you know then you'll shape it and roll it from there wow sounds like mm -hmm. uh cre like artwork i mean it, it's it really like is I've, i gotta tell you it's been a learning experience for me it's completely different from making soups and stocks and butchering fish and I mean, we still do a lot of that, but it's it's a completely different thing. It's night and day. You've got to be patient and diligent and consistent, and you have to in general with cooking. But this aspect of baking is huh. is, is completely different than you know. And is this a um, the lifestyle? Is it what you envisioned? I know it's only been four months mm -hmm. for y'all, but is it uh, fulfilling in the or is it? It's uh, moving. It's moving in the right direction. We'll say <laughs> that it it's been fulfilling. It's great working for yourself. I have to tell you, you know, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of challenges dealing with working for yourself. It's you get accustomed to having a paycheck in your checking account every two weeks. Mm. Mm. There's a lot to be said for that. You get accustomed to having your 
Social Security paid, your Medicare paid. You get accustomed to having things done a certain way and then you get paid at the end of two weeks. You're like, all right, every 14 days you got a paycheck. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's that learning curve, you know, then there's, you know, the other side of it, ordering and, you know, dealing with vendors and dealing with accounts and dealing with, with stuff I've dealt with for years, but when it's actually your own money <laughs> and you're waiting on it or you're looking for right. it, it's, it's a different process, you know, so it adds a different level of stress, you know, but the other side of it is we're done with work 6.30 night. I don't, I've, I haven't left work at midnight in, in four and a half months, four months. All right. You wow. know, there's a lot to be said for that, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it seems to me like it's pretty bold, too, that also both of you are involved in it. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of times people start a business and one spouse will keep their day job mm -hmm. and keep a steady paycheck. Both of you went in with both feet and just jumped in with this thing. And it's got to be a lot of capital uh, up front, too, that you had to put into it. And yeah, all there, that. there was a lot of, lot of initial investment. It, it was funny. My, one, of my, one of my bosses, I don't know if I should say her name, she goes, you sure you don't want to wait a few months? <laughs> she asked me, you know, T. She asked me. She said, you know. Oh, you, T. Martin, yeah. Yeah, she goes, you want to wait a few months maybe? Just kind of see how it pans out you know I'm like I think I think we're gonna go for it it's gonna take two of us anyway I've been around a while you know you get to the point where you know you I know I can do the job of the work of two people I shouldn't say the job yeah. but the work the physical work of two people so it's like you know you're it gets to a point where you're robbing Peter to pay Paul you know through the yeah. renovation and getting everything set up it's you know you take your savings and what you have into it then you're watching paychecks go into it it's like well it's time to time to get it moving right I remember I, when, I was, when we were talking to, um, to T about commanders and their history a little while ago on the film, um, she was talking, but she gave a list of all the people that had worked at commanders mm -hmm. and had moved on to other things, and a lot of them are mm -hmm. sort of celebrity chefs, some of them maybe less so, but they all did these yeah. great things, and they, they seemed pretty proud of the fact that they had mm -hmm. uh, been encouraging people to go out and start their own thing or, you know, after a while and do whatever, and they've been sort of a school of school mm -hmm. for chefs sort of in a way, and you felt I supported then in that way? Oh, that, absolutely. I mean... Yeah. I, I certainly, you know, they they say it's like the best culinary school you can have yeah. is, is working there. Right. It was like Emeralds and uh, Paul Prudhomme yeah, and like all these exactly. people that I mean, went out I mean, and did their own thing. And, on, right. you know, so a lot of guys who've done a lot of good things leaving that restaurant, yeah. you know. So it's good. I got a lot out of working there. All right. It was time to move on. Hate to, to <laughs> well, you were the you were the chef of the most magical meal I ever had in my life. I think that uh, nice. that chef's table was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, my wife and I talk about it all the time. I have the menu framed mm. and hanging up on my on That's my great. wall. You signed it. Argyle signed it too. Yeah, he was Argyle, our waiter yeah. that night. Yeah, I we still had Argyle on the show. Regular. Love Argyle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, 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 you'll, you'll always be a part of um, one of my great That's memories awesome. of New Orleans. Now uh, I think it's time to introduce your plus one. So why don't you do that? So sitting to my left is my wife, Lisa, Lisa Barbado. Welcome. She's my plus one. Hi. Thank Hi, you. Lisa. Hello. So good having you. Thanks. Nice to be here. All right. Hi. So you were the baking genius before uh, he was, right? He was doing all the fine cuisine. I'm not really a yeah. baking genius. <laughs> <laughs> She's the baking You were baking already with the, with the farmer's yes. market and all that. Yeah. So you're the more experienced on the baking end the of baking, it, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's getting good at it, though. All right. Well, one thing I noticed right away, I love coming. I mean, I try to stay away from baked goods because I eat too much, you know, but uh, I, I pop in your place every few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I noticed the croissants were um, one thing I know. I, I don't know much about croissants, but I, apparently it's very sophisticated from what I just heard, but uh, very round, you know. Yeah. And I noticed a lot of croissants that I don't like the flavor of as well. Or I don't like the taste mm -hmm. or the texture as much tend to be flatter. And I wonder what that's about. Do they spread out when you cook them? Is that what happens? Um, or how do you keep your so round? Like, is that part of? Is it's, that a hallmark of a good croissant, or am I just imagining is. that? It is. I think sometimes if you had a flat croissant, it usually means it was probably overproofed. So what will happen is before it ever hits the oven, 
it ha the croissants have a little yeast in them, so what happens is they'll poof up, but then they hit the oven and the butter just kind of melts instead of pushing the air, making air pockets, mm -hmm. so it uh, deflates. That's probably interesting. Okay. So I wonder. It's very about that. scientific. Yeah. It is. It's pretty amazing that you can take three or four ingredients and make something so beautiful. Yeah, when I, I think, think of cooking a croissant, I think of my grandmother taking those frozen ones out of the, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then they unroll it and put it in the oven, and this, this is not that. What yeah, you're doing. No, yeah. It's and a I think whole different too, animal. sometimes people undercook them, like they should yeah. be, you know, nice and brown, and it took me a long time at the farmer's market to get people not to ask for the ones that aren't burnt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. People, people tend to underbake pastries. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that's it's a, they're afraid it's a of burning them. They're well, afraid of them yeah, too they're dark. just not used Sorry. to being brown, and they're sh they should be. They should be crispy, and you know. Mm -hmm. so. so, have you always been um, a baker? Like a baker to me, it's yeah. a scientific person, yeah. and and whereas you have you, is it more creative from your your. It, it, it's interesting because in, in my career, I was never really much of a recipe follower. But Lisa kind of has this thing going on with herself where she, she's kind of the anti-baker. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Mean? So certain things are set in stone, like how the croissants are made or how the danishes are made. But then she's kind of very devil, devil may care with some of the other stuff. I think yeah. I know what the dough is supposed to be like, but sometimes, I don't know. I just, I know the rules, but sometimes I just do it my way. And then I try mm. to teach the, like the girl that works with me I'm like do it this way but then sometimes I'll get in a crunch and, I'll, and I know how to work the dough so I'll be like turn around don't watch me do this <laughs> so I call myself the anti-baker because I never thought I'd be a baker just when I went to culinary school I needed to graduate because I needed a I had a job lined up so I took baking and pastries once during the summer so I could graduate early. On a whim. I yeah. mean, like, so I had never had plans to be a baker ever. <laughs> now, you, now, you all met through food, too, right? Yeah. Weren't you, were, Chris, weren't you interviewing her for the job at Mr. B's? Ridiculous. And you didn't want to hire her? <laughs> was that what happened? And I was a sous chef at B's for a while, and she came in to interview, and she had had... We say, I guess it had three or four jobs over the course of a summer or I thought you were going to say three or four drinks before the interview. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I might have. <laughs> I'd have been hired. And she, um, but it was all seasonal work in the San Juan Islands, and I'd never really heard of seasonal work. For me, you went and you just got a job, and that was your job. Then you worked there five or six years. So you thought you she was trouble because she kept moving around. Huh? I never knew anybody yeah. who had five jobs in four months or whatever five it was. Jobs. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But was, so I went back, and I told Michelle, I said, we got this girl out here from Seattle. Her and her friend moved down, and. She had a lot of jobs. So Michelle went out there and hired her like three minutes later. She's like, she did <laughs> Michelle, Michelle obviously, you know, had a lot more experience than I did and a better read of people at the time. So, yeah. huh. Now, how long ago was that? 14, 98, yeah, 14 years. And how long after that were you married? Oh, wow. Well, we moved in about four months after that. Yeah. We you were moving in together four months four after that. Months. Yeah, wow. I started that year at Mr. B's like December, not December, October 1st. October. We were dating by his birthday, which is December 1st, and then living together by January, and then wow. that was it. <laughs> so oh, wow. what were you doing at Commander's? What was your... I was at Mr. B's. Um, so I was a line cook, so I worked the, the line and for about two years, and then the pastry chef went on vacation, and Michelle knew I had some background, so she asked if I would you know, do pastries while he was away, and then he came back and left again, so I just sort of migrated into it and there's not very many people who like to do pastries so why is oh, that yeah um i think mostly because you have 
have patience. Like I'm always telling him, be gentle, give it time, you know. And um, I don't know. I don't know if they think it's, you know, not manly, you know, and there's more men. Uh. Or just, yeah, it just takes some time, I guess. So I realized there was more jobs in pastries, and I realized I loved it. So and the pastry started. kitchen at Commander's is, is a whole operation. Mm. It's bigger than a lot yeah. of restaurants' kitchens. Um, yeah. What's it like at Mr. V's? Was it also? No. No, not like that? <laughs> no. I had a little corner um, right across from the um, wood fire, the wood burning grill. So it was kind of difficult to keep things cool sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it I was mean, just in the regular, you know, just with everything else. Would that affect uh, the pastries? And I mean, did it ever destroy uh, the heat? Yeah. I mean, you just, uh, you just learn to deal with it. I didn't know any difference. So... So you I dealt just with went it. with it. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of a few restaurants, even in the country, most places you just kind of deal with things as they are. I mean, yeah. you know, restaurants have heavy payrolls and a lot of employees, and you have to do volume, and you and space is money, you know. Bigger uh, dining rooms and smaller kitchens is really what it amounts to. I think yeah. they figured that out a long time ago, so you just adapt. and. Yeah. The commander's not typical. Uh, setting no yeah. no no it's not yeah. not by any stretch i couldn't well, imagine putting that many desserts out though yeah. and and not having your own space yeah. not there oh. yeah, not. yeah <laughs> like how many desserts do they put out a night do you think at commanders yeah i mean depends i mean they're included on the packages i mean it could be upwards of three or four hundred <gasps> well I, I remember Sunday we had brunch, at the chef's table we had six desserts just for the two of us okay we had yeah we had uh we had a 10 course meal and uh, in the last course, I think maybe 11 course, and the last course was the desserts, and it was six desserts for the two of us. So, yeah. mm. so tables get right multiple yeah. desserts. And yeah. the same at Mr. B's. I mean, a lot of the way. brands have the packages. So, I mean, almost everybody gets dessert with their meal. So, mm. even at Mr. B's, we on a busy night, you know, if we do 600, you probably sell 600 desserts. Mm. Wow. So how do you feel in your, in y'all's new space? I mean, it's, pr I'm sure it's, not everything that yeah. you that it will be or right. could be mm -hmm. but you obviously know how to adapt yeah. but does it feel good to be in your own yeah. space oh, we and love just it yeah sometimes like we live a couple blocks down Literally so one day blocks. oh that's <laughs> great yeah, yeah. I love same block yeah. on Laurel Street actually oh okay okay <laughs> oh cool I was walking to work and it was when we first opened so it was right after um right after Easter and it was still cool out and I was walking I was like <gasps> I'm walking to my bakery and it was like great you know it's like you walk in and it's ours and it was great and then I did a couple weeks ago and it was really hot and I was like oh, <laughs> 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 now why Revisto why'd you name it that um it translates to magazine in Italian and uh. so back when we were first you know looking at the location and um and a friend of ours Malcolm who is a linguist. He's he came up with. It. I'm like, oh, that's great. Oh, now now Chris is Italian. Are you Italian as well? Uh, you Italian American. Mexican. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, because <laughs> you, you could pass for Italian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> and y'all both moved here from other places. Yeah, where I moved here from, from Seattle. Seattle. Right. And where are you from, Chris? I moved here from Virginia. Virginia. From okay. Norfolk area. My father was in the Navy, so uh -oh. we, I kind of call Cleveland home, but I ended up here from. Virginia. How'd you end up here? I actually uh, re got reacquainted with a great aunt at my grandfather's funeral years and years ago when I was just getting out of high school, and she actually ran a culinary school in Baton Rouge, Culinary Institute in New Orleans. Really? Huh. Yeah. 
Wait, it's called the Culinary School of New Orleans? Co- the Culinary Institute of Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. I apologize. Okay, okay. I said New Orleans. Culinary <laughs> Institute of uh, Louisiana. So I ended up going there, and it was an 11-month program. It was a new school. Probably so you did that right out of high old. school? Yeah, right out of high school. Wow. So I ended up there and then finished up, and I ended up going back to Virginia for two months. So you leave Baton Rouge slash New Orleans when you're 18 or 19, and then you go back to Virginia, and you'd be like, why am I in Virginia? <laughs> you know, like Virginia, you know, think of all the benefits of living in New Orleans, especially in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. The drinking age and very liberal, you know, right. so two months, and I ended up coming back down to New Orleans, and I ended up moving in with a friend named Iggy in Baton Rouge. Iggy, right now, Iggy's the baker? No. Not There's Iggy an Iggy the, Baker, yeah, too, you know, in New Orleans. Yeah, different right, guy, the guy on Maple Street, the yeah, Polish guy. Yeah. yeah, definitely not him. Okay, okay. <laughs> so anyway, Another I got Iggy. a job at Commander's, and that was kind of the end of it. I never left. So. Uh, really? Your yeah. first job cooking was in it was at Commander's? Well, I mean, I, I had worked in restaurants through high school and junior yeah, high Yeah, yeah, but I mean the first one in New Orleans. First professional one, yeah. Your first professional job was with Commander's. Yeah. Wow. What a time ago. That's a blessing. Never left. So a, a difficult experience, mm-hmm. losing someone in your family, got you mm-hmm. on that path, and then a poor decision got you on the path <laughs> with your wife. And, uh, so that, and that's interesting. Yes, and yeah. here you are. And <laughs> I know who would have thought during that interview that we'd be here now. <laughs> it's funny. She walked in. She was covered with powdered sugar. Uh, she was covered in powdered sugar yeah. at the interview? Yeah. I went well, I covered with it, but because I just moved here, and we were my best friend and I, and we were staying at a KOA, <laughs> and I went to Cafe Dumont and What's had a KOA? it's like a camping Campground. place with cabins. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and uh, and I went to Cafe Dumont before my interview, oh. and the powdered sugar got on me, and then I didn't know what to do because if I rubbed it in, it would just be everywhere. So you just <laughs> pretended like you were baking because yeah. you're so committed <laughs> yeah. to baking, right? Yeah. Now, what's, what's your friend doing now, your best friend? She's back in Washington. She's back in Washington. Yeah. Oh, I feel sorry for her. She didn't stay here. <laughs> just kidding. Washington's yeah. fine. Um, okay, so maybe you can settle this dispute for me. Okay, so uh, my, my, my question is, true or false, am I right about this? If you're going to use couscous for like a, as, as, a, as a side dish in a standard family meal, why not just make it quinoa salad every time? Isn't that the same stuff, just no. better? Couscous is easier. Oh, it's easier. Much easier. <laughs> Well, okay, but yeah, See, but Ray doesn't cook. So yeah, that, I don't, I don't that's cook. A, that's a good no, but here's the thing. I actually bought, I made it easy for her. I bought her the couscous salad. It was already done. I bought it at a grocery store. I just, we just brought it to the table. So if you, you factor out the ease of it, isn't it like, it's basically like couscous. It's very similar, more but nutritious, healthier. healthier, and a little tastier, I think. No? Yeah, I mean. It's, it's a lot harder to cook. But I'm, we're not cooking it. So. Oh, well. <laughs> well <laughs> I win. I think I win. I'm going to count that as I won. The two chefs told me I won. I don't know. If you're looking for couscous, you're listening, Kathy? Is, quinoa isn't going to get it if you're looking for couscous. I don't think. Uh, but it's completely different textures and different and sizes. Yeah, they're both like a starchy kind of thing that you have on the side. To me, it's like... They're different. One, one's wheat and one's... one's yeah, but quinoa is like so much better quinoa's than couscous. Quinoa is... What, what, which one it's is like wheat? It's like a quinoa is wheat. No, quinoa... Couscous. All right. Quinoa is Everybody but the crazy man in our in our uh, <laughs> studio audience here uh, agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna say? I prefer quinoa, but couscous is just I don't know. It's easy. It's okay. Say yeah. it's already prepared. You go to a restaurant. Yeah. If somebody gives you a bunch of chicken cutlets and you have a choice of a side, and there's only two choices, it's couscous or a nice quinoa salad. What are you gonna pick? I would pick quinoa. Yes. What are you going to pick, Chris? Quinoa. Okay. But we do have couscous on the but menu But some this week. lunatic over here disagrees with me. <laughs> See, I like couscous. I love couscous, but quinoa is better. I love more. You put it's with it, too. I think we can just dead horse too much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Time for the book of questions, I think. 
Um, we'll interrupt it with that. This is great. Okay. Oh, no. Lisa. <laughs> you know about this? Have you listened no. to any of our shows? No. This is uh, a book from the 80s. Okay. So uh, you moved here in the 80s? No. Nin- no. 90s. 90s. 98. Okay. So um, it will be some random weird question. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite number between 1 and 163? Uh, 58. 58. I don't know. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> There must be a reason why 58. Okay. A good friend pulls off a well-conceived practical joke that plays on one of your foibles and makes you look ridiculous. How would you react? I would probably laugh. You seem very zen. I could see you laughing. See, that wasn't so terrible. Yeah, so like you're in What would be one of your foibles if, I mean, what would... If, well, Chris does it to me all the time. Really? Oh, give us an example. He inter- uh, imitates me all the time. We're not even doing that. When I get mad, I guess I get very um, very tense. animated. <laughs> Let's just say. Lots of finger gestures. So you're doing the same thing. Pointing or middle finger? A little both. More middle finger than pointing. So you're so he does this while you're mad at him already? Yeah, he'll start laughing. And then he'll Does it make you laugh? Yeah. First it makes him mad, then it makes me It's ludicrous. Because it is really ridiculous when he does it and I see what I do. Oh, really? So it softens you up when he yeah, shows pretty, you how you look? It's pretty funny. I think y'all just wow. found then I try to, to Then I try together. to make him show everybody because it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always saying, imitate me, imitate me. I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> I'm not doing it. This is radio. It doesn't yeah, really work no, anyway. Work. We can't really yeah. see the uh, <laughs> Would it just be a lot of bleeping? We don't bleep anything out. It would do you curse? It's, it's a lot of oh, bleeping. Yeah. It's a lot of bleeping. Yeah. yeah. Do you go like Ricky Ricardo and just start like saying it all in Spanish? And no, no. It's all in English. It's, it's all in English. Understand everything she says loud. <laughs> <laughs> Have you learned to listen besides making her laugh? Do you uh, do you follow direction well? And um, <laughs> it, You're I, I, I'm actually. It's been. Um, it, it's. It, it's been a long time since I had to follow direction. I don't know that. I don't want that to sound arrogant. So it's it's hard to stand there and have somebody tell you something when you're looking at them like, will you just move faster or just get away from me? Or, but you can't yeah. say it, but you can because it's your wife. Yeah, that's <laughs> bad. Does that make sense? You know, it's I don't like know you start that. talking to each other like husband and wife, or I'll be at friend and he'll be in the kitchen. And I'll be like, Chris, Chris, you know, I'm like, okay, this is not, we're not at home. And every I'll every right ridiculous back. thing you ever <laughs> saw and every silly horror story you ever heard about married people going into business together, working with your spouse, and you find yourself doing it after. Couple yeah. months. Well, give us one example. Well, a sense like, what's of a, humor what's a, what's is a great. good example. One of these. I'm yelling about the dog. Your dog was at the bakery. No, no just at home. You get <laughs> yeah. up in the morning, the dog scratching, you're irritated, so you had to get up 35, 40 minutes early because the dog scratching in the bedroom, and you're just mad because it's early anyway. Then you're already up earlier, so you get to work. It's like you do something with the dog. It's like that dog's old. Leave him alone. Like uh, <laughs> then it goes on and on. Then you then you forget that you're. Work. around people that work for you. It's a little and embarrassing. You, forget, you slip and you talk yeah. what's really in the gumbo then. Yeah. Gumbo <laughs> after what's that, really yeah, going right. on in your life. We have a girl, Michelle, so. that speaks Italian and I and I, I told her yesterday she needed to teach us how to fight in Italian so it just sounds more It's so musical. Romantic. Yes, like, you know, like how do you say I'm going to show up to your funeral in a red dress in Italian or something <laughs> like that. <you> know? <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> All right. Okay, Chris, are you ready for your uh, I'm ready. number? All right, pick a number. 
Any 17. Number? 17. Do you want to read it, Ray? I will. Would you be willing to become extremely ugly physically if it meant you would live for a thousand years at any physical age you chose. This, this is that's a quintessential book of questions. Like, <laughs> no, answer. No, absolutely so not. So you would rather die at in another forty uh, I, years or whatever it's yeah, going to be. I would rather live a normal, live, healthy life and then, then live die. a thousand years yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. Hard to behold. A absolutely. I Chris, we got to break the news that. to you. You're already, <laughs> no, yeah, you're already <laughs> ugly. Thanks. <laughs> I was always told I got a face for radio. Right? Oh, <laughs> oh, Actually, she told me that last oh, week. Oh, no. No. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very interesting. Now, when did you live in Iceland? Oh, geez. I think it was... Um, 76, 77, 78, somewhere in oh, there. Oh, this is your dad's Navy thing. Dad yeah, Navy so thing. I was, okay. I was probably six, seven, eight. So I guess nice. late 70s. I guess right before what we went to What do you remember Pensacola. about it? I remember quite a bit, actually. I remember um, I remember winter storm warnings where you couldn't go outside if you were under 60 pounds. Because <laughs> of the wind. Because of the wind. I remember um, our school bus stops. Because of the wind. Were, our school bus stops you were, off if you're were four inch pounds. poured concrete. What are they? They four were four-inch poured concrete bus stops Interesting. to go to school because of the wow. wind and the weather. They were secure places. I remember the. Um, I remember a ton of stuff. My goodness. Oh. But it was geysers everywhere. It was things like what you see in Yellowstone. Yeah, is it's just commonplace over there. And you can walk right up to them. Nothing was protected. I don't know how it is now, but you could so walk you right live up like to in Reykjavik or what? Did you live on? You probably lived, lived on the coast. I'm huh? trying to remember exactly where we were, but Reykjavik was on the coast. We lived on a Navy base because that's the only place civilians could afford to live. It was very expensive. And um, huh. we were basically in an enclave. You weren't really, didn't really associate with the Icelandics too much. Huh. Just, so you're just eating the base food and all that stuff. Basically. basically. I, I and we got off, we got off, we got off base quite a bit, to be honest with anything, you. You yeah. know, we took a okay. lot of trips, but just wasn't really. What is the food like there? I mean, what yeah. is it? It's a lot I of mean, fish, right? A lot of fish. I mean, I remember growing up, they were still whaling at that time. I don't know if they still, still are. Whaling. Did you eat whale? No, I never had anything like that, but you could smell it cooking. Get off to the coast, you could you could smell them boiling fat. It was interesting. Oh. Everybody was really tall. <laughs> they were they were really tall. They were oh, yeah. fair haired. Not just to a six, seven year old. like. They were, in general, they were six foot plus, everybody, including women. They, and no trees, right? There, were, there weren't any trees either that I remember, which huh. was strange. It was well, they probably had, they probably, during the Viking time, they that's, probably, to survive, they ripped them all out. That's and, exactly yeah. what happened. They said they built boats out of them and built homes or did whatever else, and there were no and trees. And they never grew, them ba never grew back? It was a tundra, basically. They, they always said they should have flip-flopped Iceland and Greenland, because Iceland was the greenest place you ever saw. Right. But there were no trees, and Greenland, Greenland was just covered ice with ice. Is, yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> Huh. Funny place. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like Easter Island, right, where they, you know, they stripped mm -hmm. the whole place to make those beautiful mm -hmm. statues, and then the whole place was bare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so who's your doppelganger that lives at, uh, that, that works in Maple Leaf? You've never <laughs> met him? I've never met him. I don't know his name either. Do you know him? No, I mean, but you know what, though? When I first when I first saw you at Commanders, you looked really familiar to me. I told. So I wonder, because I go to Maple Leaf for the Rebirth on Tuesdays, especially when I first moved to I don't even know if he still works there, to okay. be honest with you. I've never I'm met gonna him. I'm going to go guy. track him down. Yeah. I was walking through the grocery store yesterday or the day before, and a guy walked by and says, hey, man, how you doing? I guess I never saw that guy before in my life. And it happens once or twice a week, yeah, it seems like. Lot. How do you use that to your advantage I, for your new business? I, come I don't, on. I don't, don't really. <laughs> come on in. I don't know this guy's reputation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need and to make it a point to go over there and see the cat. And yeah, he so. knows 
of Chris too, because he gets the same thing. They'll be mm -hmm. like, "Hey, how you doing?" Or, or they'll say, "Oh, I don't I know you from Commanders?" And he's like, "No, that's the other guy." It's the <laughs> other guy. We've heard heard stories mixed yeah. match, but I haven't met. Oh, see, yet. I would definitely impersonate him all the time <laughs> if I were you. You could get away with all kinds of crap, and they'll think it's him. Um, <laughs> now, where's your favorite place to eat? Mine. Yeah. How about you first? Uh, we be tanned in on the West Bank. Mm. All right. That's probably my favorite. Now, what do you That's like about that? I like the consistency. I like the love the faux, love the broth. It's it's exactly the same every time you walk in. The food is exactly the same. It doesn't change. It's delicious. I think that's I think that's probably more. It's probably more comforting than anything. It's delicious. I love eating there. Right. What's your favorite place in your neighborhood uptown? You have a favorite? Uh, I, we have a couple. We we try to go to we try to go to all the places. <laughs> I think on a, let's a single out of your neighbors there, huh? I, mean, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I mean, we don't eat out as much as we used to. I'll be honest yeah. with you. We love La Petite. It's great. Oh, yeah. I haven't been to Dominique's yet. Sad to say. I know. Sauce we always is look great. like this and when Theo's we get off. Awesome. We're always like, let's go, go for a drink, then, and no. it doesn't happen. Uh, we actually we actually pulled this maneuver on La Petite probably six eight months ago. The getting out of work, sitting there. What was it? The streets were crowded. I can't remember. Yeah, some event on magazines. Gallery right? opening. And we thought. Okay, well, maybe we'll just stay open and see what happens, and then nothing That's happens. What it so was. I went ahead. Too went many over. Negronis. Too many Negronis at La Petite. Oh, then you <laughs> can walk <laughs> home. That's good. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. it's only two blocks. Exactly. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, you guys can walk to. Got to be twenty yeah. good places to eat that you can mm -hmm. walk to easily. I, from it's there. changed a lot. I love yeah. what's going on on yeah. our block. Yeah, sure. it's very nice. It's very not exciting. the same as it was. I mean, we bought the house eleven years ago, and I mean, before that, you wouldn't. I, I don't know how to say it nicely. We wouldn't have considered living on that side of Magazine Street on the point. Right. Just I don't, you know. And it just it's changed a lot the last you know ten years. Yeah. It's amazing. Huh. It's really happened. Huh. So. <laughs> Let me ask y'all a question about uh, Revista. Is it am I pronouncing uh -huh. Revista? Mm -hmm. Now, is it? Uh, do you have any plans to uh, supply to restaurants, or is it completely um, walk-in business? And we have actually been doing a, a lot more wholesale. Um, we supply brioches to. Um, it's Sobu, we just oh. started um, St. Marie. Um, oh. um, what else do we do? We And we do pastries for, um, we just started Mojo Coffee Houses, doing pastries oh, for them. Okay. And for Merchant down in the CBD. Oh, yeah, yeah, pastries. yeah. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great place. So. They have good coffee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Illy Coffee. <laughs> yeah, like good salad. They're, uh, coffee. they're um, one of their owners is actually our rep for Illy, so that's how we got to meet them. Ah. But so you're still doing the farmer's market, too? Yep, still All doing right. the farmer's market on Saturday. Every right. Saturday. Cool. Yeah. I love the So you the don't market. do the Tuesday one uptown? No, either. they okay. had enough bakers there on Tuesdays, yeah. and it's a lot of work. We, we sell a lot. Um, on Saturdays, we have a really low, um, lo not loco, but um, loyal clientele comes specifically <laughs> for us, and I think there would be a riot if we didn't show up <laughs> and um and i we love being part of it it's it's nice getting to know the farmers and, and the seasons and which is nice for us too because we use a lot of that product in our menus to plan we change every week and so we just try to see what's there and sort we, of design we end up menu. at the market a couple times a week I and mean, definitely saturday yeah. morning and we always go tuesday yeah. then better part of the month we'll end up Thursday, yeah. so and like we get our Thursday eggs, month, you know, we scavenge for eggs there, but we can tell 
whose huh. eggs we're using just by the yolks. I know that sounds weird, but we can tell the difference between the farmer's Are eggs. You, so you're looking for eggs, by the way? Yeah. Because yeah, I have a surplus of eggs. I grow chickens in my backyard. I, yeah. I'll trade eggs for you for pastries. There you go. That? It's a deal. I walk yeah. past you like five times a day. Yeah. I could bring them in. You could try them out. Yeah, out. absolutely. <laughs> it's it's true. I'm. Yeah, it's hard to find farm eggs, certain, especially in the summer because they lay less, you know. Yeah. I tell you so. what, eggs hit that that five dollar a dozen mark. You start shopping. You got to start yeah. looking around. You know they're yeah they get expensive. So <laughs> oh, they're so good though. Too. Yeah. It yeah. makes the a fresh huge farm eggs. huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I um, have a question about. Uh, do you have any uh, clients that are gluten free and but would love your product? Yeah. But can't I mean? Is there anything you make any that you can? We do actually. Cool. We have, um, we always have a chunk, it's called Chunky Monkey, which is a muffin, it's banana with dark chocolate, coconut, walnuts. We just started Ooh, you doing. Said that too and quick. that's gluten-free? Oh. You need yeah. to drag that out. <laughs> that needs to be an, uh, a, a, a yeah. sensual experience. Say yeah. that again. <laughs> dark chocolate. <laughs> oh, I like that. And Say it again, baby. Wow, you have a voice for radio. Yeah. <laughs> and we, um. And we just started doing uh, gluten-free focaccia for our paninis and our sandwiches as an option. And we want to do a lot more. We're just kind of having growing pains right now, you know, just things that we want to do and that we're actually capable of doing with, you know, so we can go home every once in a while. Well, I think that's great. Even those options, because that makes such a difference. Yeah. It's hard to find a sandwich yeah. on, on gluten-free bread, especially a nice focaccia. That, yeah. I mean, that's... And that alone is great. And we have a great recipe for bagels that we would like to do, too. Just hire a couple more people. You know, when we get to that point, we can do a lot more. Wow. Well, all the New Yorkers okay. here, myself included, complain about the bagels in New yeah. Orleans. So they're not the same. So you, you, you could conquer the town with a great bagel yeah. if you really came up we with We do them on Saturdays because I do them for the farmer's market oh. right now. We'd like to do them you know more consistently but unfortunately the bagels the one of the one things that if we start running out of time okay bagels are off the list <laughs> is it uh is it does the water here affect all pastries i mean i've heard people say that bagels they have a hard time making bagels here because of the water is that is that accurate i would yeah, first all of all is that true okay. Okay. well it probably is i like i said i'm the anti-baker so i don't know I <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, what does affect is the humidity will oh. affect uh. um, the weather. That, I find, affects things the most. So, but then you just sort of, you know what the dough's supposed to be, and you just add more flour, less flour, just to get to that consistency. Now, now does the humidity, I, I don't know anything about this, does the humidity affect the actual production of the, of the like, how it comes mm -hmm. out? Or does both. it affect how it how it lasts, like, on the shelf? Um, both. Both, okay. Both, yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we don't have any day-old pastries. I mean, it, it's amazing yeah. how how the croissant changes from one hour to the next. You pull it out of the oven, it's the most glorious thing you ever saw. And if it's a rainy, gloomy day and there's a lot of humidity, it's they're just not as good. I mean, it's amazing. It's a so matter I think of an hour. The Ooh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this will be one of your famous fights. Do it. Fight, 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 fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, because they love the humidity, so mm -hmm. before they go in the oven, they, I think they're better when it's humid. Oh. Before you put it, before like you put it in the oven, when it sits out, yeah, the humidity when it's helps it yeah. before. Yeah, but if you're, but like, but he is afterwards. right. Like if you're at the market, it's 
it's hard to keep them looking mm. great in the summer because it's so hot and humid. So they kind of almost wilt. Yeah, so they do, enough. you know, if they're outside, not so much in the shop though, because with air conditioning. Huh, all right. So tell us, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're almost running out of time. Yes. So I'd like to, we all just um, tell us your hours and the address again. And, uh, um, it's 4226 Magazine Street. And our hours are seven to five during the week and then eight to three on the weekends. And we do lunch from um, 10:30, um, 11.30 to two during the week and then brunch. We're, we do it 10.30 to two on Saturdays and we're just starting to do nine to two on Sundays. Great. And let's spell the name again. It's R-I, right? Yes. R-E, yes. right? R-I-V-I-S-T-A. Yes. All right, and you have a web page, and yep. I know you have Facebook. Uh, yeah, we definitely have Facebook, and we don't have a web page yet. We have a a, a Twitter account and Instagram. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> At, it's Revista Nola. All right, yeah. Revista Nola. Uh -huh. Well, thank you so much for coming. This went by so fast. Great, thank you. Thank it's you. been such a joy to have with us a special guest, Chris <laughs> and Lisa Barbado of Revista Bakery on Magazine Street, as you just heard. You can find out all these things uh, about them and much more on our website. There'll be links to um, to their business on itsneworleans.com. Thank you so much for coming. Great. Thank you. And it's been Thanks such a pleasure all. having you. Our show is recorded live at Ted's Frosthop on Claiborne Avenue in Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Ted's is open seven days a week, serving first-class burgers, beer, and their awesome homemade root beer in a frosty mug. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris, and Chris Keogh is our technical director. And this fabulous audio quality that you hear is by PreSonus Audio Electronics. Makes all kinds of wonderful things. Visit PreSonus.com for more information. You can get in touch with us here at Midnight Menu Plus One by going to our website. It's NewOrleans.com, and from there you can follow us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, sign up for our mailing list, get all kinds of swag. Uh, and while you're at itsneworleans.com, you can listen to other episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One and our other shows, Happy Hour, Mindset, True to the Game, Vietnola, Out to Lunch, and others. And if you listen to the show on iTunes, uh, please rate us and review us. It helps other people to find us. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. So we meet here again at Ted's Frost Top. I am Ray Canada. And I'm Margo Moss. Thanks. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.